Sounds about right. One, two, four, and go. Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, episode 124. Are your headphones okay? They're great. Okay. You have to be very careful. I'll tell you that in a second. We have to be careful about the audio we play on the show moving forward. First, some introductions. My name's Chris. Across from me is Patrick. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Good. Glad to be back. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yes. Episode number 124. Glad to have you here. Let's talk first of our charity of choice, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Salvation Army doing good all around the country all year long. This holiday season, the Salvation Army expects to see a greater need for services due to the pandemic. Unemployment rates are expected to be over 10%, and the Salvation Army has already done a lot throughout this year, so they've somewhat depleted resources. They're trying to build it back up. If you'll visit SalvationArmyUSA.org, you can help a child get the Christmas they would otherwise not have. It is that time of year, and we're just about four Felt Recall episodes away from Christmas being here. So, if you have the time, stop by SalvationArmyUSA.org. If you see a red kettle out and about this year, by the way, um, you'll be one of the lucky few because there's less of those to be in public because everybody's afraid of COVID. That's too bad. Anyway, Salvation Army is this week's charity of choice. You can help change a kid's Christmas. And there you have it. Um, this coming Tuesday is, is Giving Tuesday, by the way. So if you have a charity that uh, you like to support on your own, keep that in mind for your own social media. They'll be coming around on Tuesday with the hashtags. Everybody will be thumbing through, looking for a place to give. It's uh, Giving Tuesday coming up. Okay. Two things. First of all, we have to be careful with the audio. What did we do wrong? I found my children in the office this week, and they have learned how to just... uh, So we use uh, the Rode Podcaster board, right? Isn't that what this is called? Um, It has... What's that? I believe so. Has eight lit up buttons on it. It's basically a sound bank, and you can put all sorts of different sounds in there, but the buttons light up, uh, you know, myriad colors, whatever you can choose. White, yellow, orange, green, a couple of blues and purple and pink, as we see here now. Uh, So my kids will come in, and they'll play, you know, uh, it has the music we use, right? So that's already in there, but then there's, there's actual sound effects, and so they'll play... And they put the headphones on and they do all this weird stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, Oh, they're like, oh, spooky, right? Anyway, uh, then we have (laughs) all of our stuff in there with, like, people saying crazy weird things. And I come in and my oldest son, yeah, he's sitting in here listening to it. He's like, Dad, who is this guy? I was like, whoa. Anyway, so Joe Biden is not approved listening. For my children. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Probably a good idea. Can you imagine a worse existence than having... Hang on real quick. Yes. I thought you were going to tell me we, like, got our hands slapped by, like, you know, uh, I was going to say YouTube, but we're not on YouTube anymore. 
somebody, whoever's hosting, whoever we have hosting the show, right, uh, out into the ether. I thought maybe we were in trouble. No, 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 no. In trouble with your kids. We just well, we're we're gonna be in trouble with the kids' mom if we don't uh, slow down. (laughs) The old wife's gonna. Why is my son quoting Joe Biden? Uh, She's like that. Crazy. She's not like that. Um, anyway, it does put a little tingle on you. You know, when you walk in, you know the things we play and talk about sometimes. I don't think there's anything. I'm looking on it right now. Well, you do have like the, uh, yeah, the no comply people were on there. Private property to get out, you know, the. Who reported it? You know what? I don't know. Yeah, it's anonymous, right? It's anonymous. From last week, these people arguing that kind of stuff. That's about it. No big deal. Anyway, uh, I thought it was funny. Here he was listening. They they love the music side of it. They told us uh, our music is stupid. They don't love the music we play. So sorry. Uh, anyway, all right. Question: The identity politics of the world are kind of out of control. I wonder if people recognize, and I'm thinking specifically of this nice young lady out of Vanderbilt. If you're not aware. Vanderbilt football, which is a thing, I guess, allowed a girl to kick the ball 30 yards down the field. And that, my friend, is history because they're a Power 5 team, which is apparently a thing. I don't know what that means. So she she made history. Let's listen to the history happen. Note, by the way, the commentators forcing this on you as Sarah Fuller makes history history with air quotes around it right going onto the field and kicking a ball which by the way is something she already does it just so happens that normally when she does it she's surrounded by other women but now because men surrounded her it was a much much bigger deal let's listen history is on the field in columbia missouri as sarah fuller is about to put her right foot into a football speaking volumes to women around the world. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> We're gonna, we'll let it play here in a second. Here's my problem with this in the first place. Okay? You're sexist. Doesn't it? Well, yes. Okay. Doesn't we'll it prove that, that we all understand women aren't equal to men? Doesn't it prove that we all understand that women are not the same as men. Meaning, I don't mean to say women aren't equal to men. They're equal to men. What I'm saying is that there is a difference between the genders. I think you mean on a on a humanity level, they're equal. Right. Yes. Athletically speaking, physically, strength-wise, there is a difference between men and women. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I would regret if that's the way this comes across. But there would be no big deal made of a man walking onto a woman's football field surrounded by women and kicking the ball to women, right? But there is such a big deal that a woman goes onto the field to do it with the men, which is good for her if that's what she wants to do. Now, when she gets plowed over by a 350-pound linebacker during the return, I don't want to hear any whining about it. All is equal and all that. But it's just interesting to me that it's so highly celebrated. What you have to believe here is you have to believe that there is still in existence this male patriarchy that oppresses the women and holds them down and thinks them to be lesser creatures. 
I think women are the fair sex. I think they're better at nourishing and caring. Um, I think there is a difference between the genders. But anyway, kind of funny that it's such a big deal that a girl has walked out onto the field with all the boys. Awesome, awesome moment. You can hit a crowd. Everybody understands what's happening right now. This is a pretty cool moment. She's going to run up and kick the ball for 30 yards. And the kick down at the 35-yard line, and Sarah Fuller. She runs off the field. Thanksgiving. What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. Football. Her mom and dad on hand to witness it. Wonderful. Her boyfriend, her best friend. Wonderful. Okay. Here's the problem I have with this. Do you really have nothing else to offer the world except all the things you can't control? Who cares that you're a woman? You had nothing to do with that. If, if this is ESPN broadcasting it, then yes, absolutely. That's like the only thing you got going for you. That's my problem with the identity politics of the world today. You look at Kamala Harris. The only thing she's got going for you is she slept with all the right people. But then on top of that, she wants to act like, well, I'm the first female racially ambiguous person to ever take, you know, the vice presidency. <laughs> and and here she goes. But you have no control over any of that. Wouldn't you rather be remembered for a contribution that was the result of your hard work and your effort and your intellect and your sweat equity and all those things you have to pour into making something good rather than simply, it's great because it's a she. Right, but this isn't new, right? Because we're... I, th- I feel like most of my adult life has been clouded in this strange thing that the media does where they try to project whatever the first of whatever the case may be onto whatever it is, whether it's the first you know gay person to do this or the mm. first black person to do that. Mm-hmm. It's always something about we have to we have to make sure everyone is aware that now someone other than say, a white guy has done it. Right, because if it was a white guy, the results would be considered mediocre. Sure. Because everybody else has done it, and they've done it much, much better, right? So white guy comes along, average fella. Chris Vermillion goes out uh-huh. and... and 30-yard squib kick. Yeah. little quick cares? kick down the field. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, not going to get that attention. Chris's mom and dad and girlfriend are here. My wife's like, what? Wait, wait. And they're really disappointed in him for only kicking it 35 yards. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, though. Yep. So I just pulled up, uh, just did a quick search on women in football. October 18th, 1997, Liz Heaston became the first woman to play and score in a college football game, kicking two extra points. That was 1997. You don't know anything about that? I'm just saying she's not the first. Now, no, you're now, right. The distinction is this power five thing they keep throwing out there. There's four other women who have kicked in college football games at various levels, which leads you to. Right. So this power five, meaning the SEC, Big Ten, uh, ACC, et cetera, mm. which is is in college football, obviously, the higher level uh, teams, mm-hmm. right? So I guess – I guess they've run out of things to be first at. Yeah. So now being first at a different conference or a, uh, it's, I mean, it's not even like a, uh, 
it's not like they're a different league. They're just higher performing teams, higher performing conferences. So it doesn't really mean anything in terms of a new record or a new feat having been done. Just because she was a girl. Yep. At a different level. I guess my question is, is so if, if a girl goes on and kicks a 35-yard squib kick for, say, Alabama mm. five years from now, mm-hmm. is she going to be the first to go to Alabama and, and kick 35 yards? I guess part of that also is like, like – Where does it stop? Yeah, I mean, I'd get it if, if you had your first female quarterback for Alabama and she led the team to a national title. Hey, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal by every measure, right? But that hasn't happened. It's probably not going to happen because, as I mentioned, there are physical differences between men and women. And, you know, a 350-pound man plowing into a 125-pound woman, lifting her and slamming her on the ground is probably not going to end well for her in the way it would for a 250-pound, 275-pound quarterback that's six foot four inches tall, which is typically the case. We want to draw, like you said, we want to draw all these differential lines and act like it's a much bigger deal than it really is. Not that you can't be proud of her. You can be so happy for her and you can say, that's pretty cool, man. She went out and and kicked. She played one play. One play. Uh, Does not change the world. It's just fun. Also, to be clear, I'm not blaming her. No, not at all. Nor can you. Then that's going to be my point, right? It's the contrived effort that's so frustrating. It's not her doing her thing. Look, she should be allowed to play football on any team she's good enough to play on. Go play any sport for any team she's good enough to play on. Don't know if it matters or not. Vanderbilt is 0-7. Don't know if it matters or not. <laughs> but the very next day, they fired the head coach of Vanderbilt. Don't, see a pattern here, don't know if all these things are related I remember wanting to pitch in Little League Baseball, and I was terrible. But they finally ran the score up so high once that the coach gave me my shot, and then it turns out I was not good at it at all. Not good at all. But he gave me a shot because the team was doing well enough that he could sacrifice a few runs, let me give it a try. Very nice guy. I was so nervous. I was all crying and stuff. Like, I'm going to fail, and I did. So lesson learned, kids. Don't try new things. Right. You're just going to fail. fail. Uh, Vanderbilt, unfortunately for Miss Fuller here, is doing so poorly that they threw her out there. I would want to do it for somebody other than Vanderbilt, you know? So your reputation is admired by them. Oh, you, you kicked once for Vanderbilt? Yeah, we were 0-7. It's our eighth game of the season. It was the day before they fired Coach because he didn't know what he was doing. And he put me right on in for a 30-yard squib. Well, that story is not impressive. (laughs) Well, not when I tell it that way. Anyway, she is a soccer star, which is pretty awesome. So I think she's just trying to be, you know, kind of Tim Tebow it and do a little bit of everything. So good for her. I uh, I hope she has continued success. But I also hope the media gets its act together and people in general stop playing identity politics. I guess we could be more mad at old VP Harris. VP elect, VP maybe not elect Harris. Uh, Office of the VP elect, I believe is what you Mm, mean to say, sir. mm, 
Very true. Very true. Anyway, just remember, when you have to play identity politics, all you're really doing is asking everyone to celebrate you for all the things you can't control. And I find that to be humorous. That's it. And she did give a speech that seemed nice enough. And she said, I want to let all the little girls out there know if you want to do it enough, you can go do it. But she's fifth in line. Four other women have done it. Like you said, she just did it in a different, what, a different level. Not a different conference even, right? Just different. I don't know how it was. Just a, a different <clears throat> tier in the minds of sports fans. You know what we could say to make it short? This is one more notch in the belt of evidence that college sports are so entirely insignificant and meaningless and do not matter. There you have it. Okay, listen, um, I think we got to kind of gloss over this. There's not a lot to talk about, but I think it's worth mentioning. If you've heard talk that the ATF is reclassifying pistol braces on your AR and that you are now a felon, can you play that spooky sound effect again? Yeah, I got that. Let's see here. Uh, the ATF. Um, kind of yes Man, and no. We're going to use that again. <laughs> well, I'm capturing that one. It's kind of a yes and no thing here. So basically, what had happened was, um, a long, long time ago, as Don McLean once said, the ATF... So the ATF has a an office that basically investigates things that are legal and not legal. They have the... Um, yes, Chris, that's called law enforcement. <laughs> thank you very much. They have the... Uh, what is it called? It's slipping my mind. They basically have a branch. The people that determine if it's a pistol or not a pistol. Yeah, it, jerks. Anyway, the jerk, the jerk division... And I'm sure then, there's an acronym we can come up with. There's also the Firearms Technology Industry Services Branch, and those are the people that work with places like SB Tactical and tell them whether or not the items they want to make and sell and market are legal the way they want to do it. So a couple of years ago, a shotgun was recovered at a crime scene, and the shotgun had a brace on it, if I'm not mistaken, but it had been modified, and... The ATF said that turns it into a short-barreled shotgun because the brace had been modified or was being used improperly somehow. And in that determination, they snuck it in there that SB Tactical has not received approval for every arm brace, stabilizing brace, they sell. This is what the ATF says. So, the Truth About Guns has a really lengthy write-up on it. Truth About Guns says they are, quote, in possession of another similar firearms technology criminal branch report dated September 15th, 2020. So, like, two months ago. Okay. There's a difference between the 2020 report and the earlier uh, 2017 report. Because the 2020 report contains paragraphs of information regarding the maker of the pistol brace, SB Tactical, that the local prosecutor did not need or ask for. And that new section includes this verbiage, and this is the part that should cause us some concern. It says, uh, FTISB does not approve stabilizing braces which are similar or based off of shoulder stock designs, meaning 
That's not their purview. That's not their department. They don't do that. Somebody else does that, and then uh, they go about their business working with SB Tactical. Uh, since the date of this notification, SB Tactical has continued to market these accessories as ATF-compliant pistol-stabilizing braces. Although ATF has made a consistent effort to inform SB Tactical, they are perpetuating a false narrative regarding the accessories they market. SB Tactical has taken the position that ATF has no authority to regulate any to regulate an accessory manufacturer. This has essentially left SB Tactical's business partners, uh, redacted statement, in the position where they are unknowingly manufacturing and marketing unregistered NFA firearms. Here's the very, very important line in my opinion. In February 2019, SB Tactical, and this is from the ATF, by the way. It's the ATF talking here. In February 2019, SB Tactical was made aware through outside sources that ATF determined in a criminal examination that the SBA3 accessory is a shouldering device and not a stabilizing brace. Although SB Tactical is aware of the determination, it has continued to attempt to flood the market with the SBA3 accessory, misleading its business partners that the attachment of the accessory will not change the classification of a firearm. In September 2019, while handling the resolution regarding redacted information, which were classified as short-barreled shotguns, ATF Chief Counsel informed, redacted, SBA3 accessory was very similar in design to a recent classification FATD had made and would also likely be classified as a short-barreled shotgun as well. Rejecting the information with SBA3 accessory never submitted for classification. So we're kind of back to where we were, if you remember, when the ATF, the, the stabilizing braces first came out, they could not be shouldered. Then they could be shouldered. Then they could not be shouldered. And now we're back at a point where this is where they can be we shouldered. Had, we did a podcast a couple weeks ago. We talked about this. This point right here, mm-hmm. I want to make a note. This is where I blacked out. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to stay with you this time. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a podcast we once did, number 106, entitled Defund the ATF. Because everybody wants to defund law enforcement. and take the money away from law enforcement. AOC's out there. Stop giving money to police departments. Hey, remember this statistic. We were hit before Antifa. That's right. 5,000 law enforcement positions and $1.2 billion dollars a year you can eliminate it immediately disband the atf let the american people be as free as they're supposed to be disband it disband it disband it save the money eliminate the jobs do it right now so what i'm trying to convey is we there there is no definitive opinion on the brace from the atf and the dumbest thing anybody can do is go around and ask the atf to clarify not public fair enough so I think that's key. So this obviously came up with the honey badger debacle and the fallout from that. And then here we are again. And so the same thing keeps happening where I have uh, people that I know, people that I love and respect are texting me when this sort of stuff hits the news and they're freaking out yeah, because they think all the stuff they have is now making them a felon. Sure. And that's understandable if you care. Uh, well, uh, yeah, if <laughs> if if it matters to you. Cuz I um, don't. 
It's understandable. I have so many three-quarter coat hangers around my house, That's I couldn't even tell you. Yep. Couldn't even tell you. They're all missing heads. I don't know what keeps happening. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Quite all right. Um, if you believe the clickbait YouTube crap out there, then it's very easy to fall into the trap where you think, oh, man, the sky is falling. The ATF's coming to my house to take all my stuff away. Yeah. The broader problem here, I think, is that the ATF has made this internal determination that these devices are illegal, which now, again, I think we talked earlier uh, a couple of shows ago about how many, however many million are in circulation, like 4 million, I think, was a conservative number, or if I'm remembering correctly. Something like that. It's a lot, whatever it is. There's a bunch of them in circulation. And as you well know, DC Heller, mm-hmm. uh, when you have something that's in common use, it's going to make it awfully hard to outlaw it. Well, I feel like they have yeah. allowed this to happen because they made the determination two years ago internally and then chose not to issue a cease and desist to SB. So it's puzzling because they could have stopped it if they wanted to. So it makes me curious as to why they would allow it to continue. Yeah. And I can't really think of a good reason. Yeah. Um, Truth About Guns asked almost, uh, well, a very similar question. They said if the chief, if the FTISB chief, Michael Curtis, wrote in that letter back in 2018 that SB Tactical is breaking the law, why has the ATF never issued a criminal cease and desist against SB Tactical? And why has no purchaser of one of the non-approved braces ever been prosecuted? I want to be real clear. I only plagiarize my ideas from Wikipedia. I'm not stealing from whatever blog you're listening to. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Because this was towards the end of the article, and you're a headline kind of guy. That's true. That's true. Uh, SB Tactical. Landed on the moon! <laughs> In the meantime, here's a statement from SB Tactical, according to truthaboutguns.com. SB Tactical is where... That in response to the FOIA request from third parties, ATF has released internal documents that confirm the existence of an effort to malign and reclassify products used by millions of law-abiding Americans. Among those documents is an incomplete, redacted criminal evaluation that SB Tactical has never seen before and which contains multiple inaccuracies. Contrary to the letter's baseless accusation about SB Tactical's marketing, SB Tactical has never and would never mislead its customers. SB Tactical has been working with the ATF and DOJ for years and sought determinations from the agency about the status of its products as applied to particular firearms. ATF's false and irrelevant statements are sadly consistent with an activist and lawless ATF that refuses to engage SB Tactical or manufacturers on the legal status of accessories used by millions of Americans. That is strong. Like, that is the heyday of any marketer guy's career where he's, like, working in the firearms industry and the boss comes in and goes... Let it loose on the ATF. Yes, sir. <laughs> clack, 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 clack. Are the lawyers going to approve this one? No. All right. Click, click, clack, clack. You know, and, go for it, man. And send. <laughs> that was awesome. That's awesome because it really is how we all feel about the ATF. False and irrelevant. Activist. Lawless. ATF. Done. Well, I respect him for that statement. Yeah. However, oh boy. my issue comes in from the fact that 
if what the ATF says is true, they only okayed two versions of the SBA brace or SB brace. Right. The SBA. Well, the SB but they contradict 15, themselves. And then there's yep. one other one. I can't remember what the other one is. But their point is, is that they used the clarification and it's the firearms and ammunition technology division is what you were asking about earlier, AKA fat D <laughs> and that's it. Fat D basically told them, yes, you are clear to uh, sell these two devices as firearm braces. And the ATF is alleging in their internal statements that only those two were allowed and that SB basically took the letters allowing those and used it as justification to sell everything like 28 other models or however many there are. 23. So I'm a little miffed at that because if that's true, SB obviously has pretty <laughs> done us I all mean, a disservice. I mean, that's, that's more than just misleading the public. Yep. Literally, you've turned them into criminals. If you're not familiar, in August, and we touched on this, but in case you don't know, on August 3rd of this year, the ATF issued a formal cease and desist letter to Q notifying it that the ATF has taken the position that their honey badger pistol is a short-barreled rifle regulated under the NFA. In response, Q uh, ceased all production of the honey badger pistol and submitted a comprehensive letter to the ATF and the Department of Justice stating why they disagreed with the classification. Q, by the way, for their part, paid the tax stamp for anyone who had bought a honey badger and wanted to turn it into an SBR in order to maintain compliance with the ATF, they paid the $200 for that customer. So that's that's pretty strong right there. I don't know where that stands. I don't know if there was ever any resolution there or if he's still fighting with the ATF about the honey badger. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, that kind of fizzled. I think the ATF kind of crawfished their way out of that one and basically... Like I said, forget about it, don't worry about it? Yeah. Sorry we ruined your business? Yeah, I think that's more or less what they did. I don't know if they really apologized. Live Q or die.com. That would be a... That that would be a bit of a stretch for those folks, I think. Um, Let's see here. I don't see anything on their website... Are, well, anyway, they, are it, they selling it? Uh, yeah, it's available for back order at a price of $3,199.00. Available on back order right now. I think you should get one. Sure, of course. Um, except that it's it's one of those uh, weird-looking guns. So, no. You mean not black? No, it's got a black handguard, black grip, black mag, and then like a desert like tan receiver set. Well, yeah, it looks like desert tan receiver set and then an FDE dust cover. And then the brace is black and tan and then gray. I don't like that at all. I like my gun to either be one color or like a pattern of some sort. That would be cool. Fun fact. Tell those me. receivers, they're not really tan. That's actually what anodizing looks like without any dye. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. So they're non-dyed anodized? Yep. They use clear anodization. So then it's going to be more of like a silver in person. Uh, it still kind of looks... It's raw aluminum it, it that's anodized. It still looks kind of tan. 
I think I think the chemical process kind of turns it like a yellowish, it has something to it, brownish color. Uh, by the way, I, what, what you're looking at on the website is a, a a rendering. It's not even a real picture of the firearm. I did find it's a computer rendering. Uh, so. Clarification. Okay. Guns.com. The latest note, notice dated October 9th was issued three days after the company went public with the news that the ATF screwed them over. My words, not theirs. Um, Republican lawmakers got all worked up. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. Joel Ronisers, ATF's chief counsel, uh, sent a letter to Q's attorney. Uh, let's see. It says, blah, 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 is to allow the U.S. Department of Justice to, quote, further review the applicability of the National Firearms Act to the manufacture and transfer of the Honey Badger pistol. The suspension will remain in effect for 60 days unless withdrawn or extended by the ATF. So basically, they gave them 60 days, I think, to change their marketing materials because that was what the stink was all about, not so much the fact that it was a brace or not. So stupid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could have saved ourselves a lot of time. Just said that at the top. I mean, look, there's... I guess I can see both sides of that. If you're marketing it for illegal use, makes sense. If you're SIG and you tell everybody your gun will absolutely never fire unless the triggers pull, you're dumb. Uh, and so, yeah, you deserve to be held accountable when those kind of things happen. But, I mean, if it's not illegal, because here's the door that gets open. It's not illegal to shoulder a pistol brace, right? Um What's the term they used when they did that? Like, it's basically incidental contact with the shoulder yeah, is what yep. they're talking about. I think that's actually the term they used. Is that it? Okay. So, it's not illegal to do that, but does does that mean you're not allowed to put a picture of a guy shouldering the brace on your marketing, pa- you know, on your packaging and in any sort of marketing materials without getting yourself in trouble? You know, you're writing your own death well, sentence when you do that. it's implied intent. Sure. Fair enough. Who, who can who can determine what your intent was when you bought it? Uh-huh. I mean, takes us down the rabbit hole of background checks and many other things, right? S- same thing I said to the woman at Home Depot when I bought the shovel, the rope, and the duct tape. Yep. How Mind do you know? Damn business. <laughs> How do you know what I intend to do with any of this? Oh, you, di- you didn't. You had to tell her minor business. All I know is we were at the playground, and that little, you know, look. She's my daughter, okay? I'm going to do what's got to be done. And I was just trying to scare some kids, okay? Um, anyway, all right. So there's that. Uh, clear as mud, pretty much. The frightening part is the ATF can come back at any time and say, you know, we're not done yet. <laughs> That's what's terrifying about it. So they need to well, get the reins tightened up We live in a world there. where we can be ruled by fiat. You got that right. We should be used to it by now. Patrick, is the election going to be overturned for the sake of Donald Trump? Man, I don't know. Let's just really flesh out today, every conspiracy theory. It's been a wild can. ride. It really has. I'm going to go Pennsylvania. You were reading a story about Arizona a minute ago. Yep. If you have that. I will try to track that. Too. I'll start with this. Pennsylvania lawmakers have formally introduced a resolution to dispute the 2020 election results. From the EpicTimes.com, Republican state lawmakers in Pennsylvania 
have introduced a resolution to dispute the results of the 2020 election. The text of the resolution, first previewed in a memo on November 27th, states that the executive and judicial branches of the Keystone State's government usurped the legislature's constitutional power to set the rules of the election. Now, you've heard mention of that here before when we talked about Gavin Newsom, what's happened to him out in California, exact same thing that we said would happen in Pennsylvania because the state Supreme Court has said arbitrarily we're going to extend the voting deadline. The legislature didn't do it. The court did, and that is not legal. So I am of the personal opinion, Chris talking here, that every vote received after that constitutional cutoff time, the one that's legal, that was set in place by the the legislature, that's the cutoff time, and every vote after that should not count. Uh, Back to the article. Officials in the executive and judicial branches of the Commonwealth infringed upon the General Assembly's authority under the Constitution of the United States by unlawfully changing the rules governing the November 3, 2020 election in the Commonwealth. The resolution calls on the Secretary of the Commonwealth to withdraw the premature certification of the presidential election and delay certifying other races. It declares the 2020 election to be in dispute and urges the U.S. Congress to declare the selection of presidential electors in this Commonwealth to be in dispute. Now, similar things happening in Arizona right now, correct? This is basically what we were talking about. Yeah, so I think in the office this morning you were listening to a hearing. Was that Arizona you were listening to, or was that another state? I think it was. It was Rudy Giuliani, uh, either Pennsylvania or Arizona. I'm not sure where he was this morning. And there was a guy talking. It was a witness that was mm-hmm. speaking, and I asked you who he was. I don't know if you ever found out or not. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find a name for who he was, but yeah. So I think uh, his name is Matt Brynard. And if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, he is an analyst at NASA, and he also works for Microsoft. Okay, so he's probably he's probably sounds like dumb. Probably pretty dumb guy. Probably IQ of ten. Yep. Probably can count to potato. <laughs> Stupid. Um, he probably doesn't have a podcast. Yeah, you should probably look into that. Probably busy counting. Super profitable. Um, so <laughs> at today's hearing, he actually says, quote, I have a high degree of confidence that the number of ballots that were cast should not have been cast. Illegal ballots surpasses the margin of victory as it stands right now. So pure and simple, the number of ballots, uh, cast for Biden would have had to exceeded 130% essentially at the cutoff time. So that night, I guess they got a ballot dump. And basically said the only way you could flip that was in, if you took you took all the ballots, you gave Biden 130%, and Trump would then have to take negative 30%. Why not? That's how far ahead Trump was, <laughs> uh, which is... Absurd. Pretty astounding. And yeah. again, I've made this point before, but if you look at the House seats, yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but Mark see. Kelly won in Arizona, right? Uh, that's true. So there's a little blue happening out there. Mark Kelly, rabidly anti-gun, uh, understandably so, after what happened to his wife. Got sure. it. Get it. Don't know that tragedy gives you a free pass to trample on everybody else's civil rights, but... You do you. Uh, it's under, you know, his bitterness and anger is understood. I get it. 
he wants things fixed his way. But he's wildly left, rabidly anti-gun. Um, so there's a little blue hanging out in Arizona, is my point. Yeah, and I'm and I'm speaking in terms of the country as a whole, yep. not yep, necessarily yep, yep. just Arizona when I talk about um, about the the house votes. Yes. But yeah, yes, yeah. you are exactly I get what right. you're saying. Like you can still have more congressionally red districts and get yourself a blue senator. It's not unheard of. Right. You know. So in the hearing, uh, there was uh, someone by the name of Dr. Sh- uh, Shiva, um, and uh, this person provide I don't know if it's a him or a her, uh, provided statistical analysis of the anomalies that were found, and this is where they go into um, the percentages I was just talking about. It says, votes were unnaturally altered in order to bolster Joe Biden. Shiva's data models show that the only way for Biden to have statistically caught up with Trump was if votes came in at 130% for Biden and negative 30 for Trump. So again, I'm saying caught up, meaning after the the 7 p.m. local time cutoff, hmm. that you would normally stop voting. Yeah. Right. This yep. is, and and this goes back to the question I had weeks ago: why why did we suddenly take election day and turn it into election week? That's right. And yeah. now we, and now we know two or three days worth of how many votes do we need? Right. Um, man, there was a good one here. It was Arizona where they held the hearing today, by the way. That was correct. They were at Hyatt downtown. Uh, where were they? And it's basically Trump's team. It's Rudy Giuliani and a lady I hadn't seen before. Uh, because Arizona lawmakers uh, and the Secretary of State were set to certify Biden's victory in the state Uh, And Trump's lawyers and Arizona's Republicans have filed election lawsuits in the state's uh, biggest county. Uh, Neither have put forth, this is from WILX.com, by the way. Uh, Neither have put forth any evidence of fraud. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Did the AP contribute to this article? Let's see here. They used the AP AP picture. No, they don't say the AP did. Uh, This is another thing. This is such gaslighting by the media. It's incredible that anybody could feel okay by saying there's zero evidence of voter fraud. Here's your question for your leftist friends who say those things to you. You say to them, let me ask you a question. Is every vote sacred? Should every vote be counted and held sacred? And they will say yes. And then you go, so if I can find one that was not, isn't it worth that one that we make sure we get it right every time? Yeah. Well, what if I can find thousands? What if I can find thousands upon thousands of dead people that voted, thousands upon thousands of uh, cases where people were registered to vote who didn't actually live in the state, and then those votes were counted? Thousands and thousands and thousands of examples. Absolutely disingenuous at best to say there is no evidence of fraud. That's what the whole hearing was about was fraud in the election, the potential of fraud in the election, actual cases of fraud being found. Four of the five challenges filed in Maricopa County Superior Court in Phoenix since November the 3rd have been dismissed. So one of the other things that was interesting that happened today, so to bring it back to your initial question of where is this thing going to go, the Secretary of State in Arizona certified the election results while this hearing was going on today. Yes. If that wasn't the ultimate... We don't care. Well, we don't care, but 
you know, while you guys are all paying attention over here, we're just going to go ahead and slip this through. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, they brought cameras in. They did it big. They were all socially distanced at their desks with their little placards and their masks on, and they look so important uh, and stupid, by the way. Um, there's only two possible outcomes here. One, Trump wins. He gets it overturned. He stays president. And Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the comm block rioters that are out there absolutely cause death and destruction, more death and destruction across the country. Or Trump loses and Biden wins under the shadow of all of us knowing he had to cheat his way into victory. There's no, nobody can rationally say this was a free and fair election, right? There's way too much happening. So now we, we become curious as to what is the outcome of both of those scenarios independently. And it's funny to me to think that the, the largest part of me inside wants Biden to get it just so the violence and disruption doesn't occur because the brown shirts have done their job on me, right? Like I just want to live in peace and be left alone. I don't think you're the only one, though. And then the other part of me, which really is the smaller part, though, is like, yeah, but the right thing to do I thought you were going to say it's loading magazine. <laughs> no, I did that. Did that while we watched the results pour in, right? Just in case. Because I really thought Trump was going to take it a landslide. Like I, I thought there would be no contest to this thing, and Trump would just sweep it. And then, yeah, I thought it's going to be really, really bad, really, really nasty. According to the cybersecurity analysts, he did in reality. Yeah. So there's that. There's that. Anyway, it's going to be it, hard times are ahead either way, I guess, is my very dire prediction. Uh, we're coming up on, you know, I was I was at Publix earlier today, and DHEC has put up all these banners around the parking lot that make you feel like you're in the Hunger Games 1984. <laughs> Big Brother banners, right? It's telling you to put your face mask on, telling you to be safe. It says get tested for COVID as if you need to have a Q-tip shoved down your nasal cavity. To your brain. Having no symptoms whatsoever, but the government wants you to believe you need to get in line and get tested. Scary times are coming. Scary times are coming because you're going to be the outlier if you don't get tested. And I feel like it's going to turn into a thing now where those of us who refuse it just on principle now are going to be the ones that are targeted by the rest of society. And I kind of feel like like when I drive around, when I'm out and about in public, I'm starting to feel like a strong minority because I don't put the mask on. I avoid businesses that are requiring it. I go to places where they're not hunting you down and making you put it on. Even Publix, it's not required right now. At least they're not enforcing it if it is required. So we had to actually go back to going. We, we went to Publix all the time. And then they started requiring the masks. They were getting at people. When you walked in, they said, you put a mask on. They were really stupid with the way they handled it. They have one vestibule when you go in, right, where you can get a shopping cart. And then there's two doors you can go inside of. Well, they put, like, tape up, and you can only walk in one direction. You can only walk out the other direction as if you're not going to pass it to each other as you're passing each nope. other. So stupid. COVID is uh, unidirectional. What happens when you sneeze in that vestibule? Did they shut it down and, like, sanitize it? Just none of it made any sense. So we went over to Ingalls. Just bring a fire hose out, I think. Wonderful yep. idea. Yep. Um, 
Mickey goes back there and gets the fire hydrant and like sprays everything. Um, or the fire hydrant, fire extinguisher, sprays it everywhere. Sucks all the air out. We're good. Um, we go over to Ingles because they're not doing anything. They didn't care about it, so that was cool. We're able to shop there in peace, and now they've kind of doubled down on requiring it. So they're coming up to you now and saying, put a mask on. No, no I'm not. <laughs> like, Have a good day. See you later. So we've had to go back to Publix. And I feel like we're going to be left at a point now where you've nowhere else to go without complying with this completely irrational mandate. I saw a girl on Facebook today. I was actually uh, banning her from a certain page I governed, believe it or not. And her and her friends showed up to troll our page. You're literally Hitler. I am. But they were making fun of uh, gun owners and, and calling us fools. And what's funny is um, I clicked over to see if she was local to the area of the place she was trolling, and she had a picture up where she had worn a mask all day every day and was not sanitary about it and caused herself to get an infection. And she's now had to have surgery done to fix the problems she caused herself from wearing her mask all the time and not being sanitary and cleaning her mask and getting a new mask. I've had the same couple of masks since my dad <laughs> was like, I think we were three or four months into this thing, maybe let's say two months into it. And I was riding to Lowe's with my dad to pick up a new dishwasher for my house. And he said, do you have a mask? I said, no, I don't. He said, you don't have a mask yet? I said, no. He's like, here, let me give you one just in case. And you know, okay. So he gave me one. Going to Lowe's, people aren't wearing them. It's not a big deal. I've had that same one, but I, I rarely wear it. Kind of gets thrown around with my keys and my wallet. I don't fear the infection. Let it air it. out every once in a while. Yeah, you know, it's got to breathe. Anyway, it's so dystopian the way the future looks. Like we're going to be forced to do these things that we don't agree with. And if we don't, we're going to be branded as the troublemakers when really we're just the logical people who are out there going, isn't it funny, by the way, that only a year ago, if that, the rally cry was speak your truth. Do you remember that was a oh, thing yeah. that we yeah. talked about? Speak your truth. And so now I go, well, here's my truth. I know at least half a dozen people that got it, and they're all fine. And one of those people was my aging grandmother, who's in her 80s and battling Parkinson's, and she got it and kicked it no problem. And then they go, wow, that's anecdotal, you dummy. <laughs> anecdotal. And I go, no, that's my truth. I'm speaking my truth. Excuse me. Excuse me while I speak my truth. Suddenly, there's only one truth. When it comes to COVID, suddenly, there's only one truth. Interesting how that works. Uh, okay, honorable mention for this week's co uh, Voda of the Week is the entire country of Iran. Uh, I, <laughs> this Iranian scientist gets assassinated. Maybe it should just be the mainstream media following my COVID kick because, boy, they're mad at Israel. Like, they're so mad that Israel killed this guy, they can't even stand it. CNN 
calling it a brazen assassination. If you don't believe me, uh, here, we'll just let her tell you. With her, I'm too- Funeral services oh, yes. are being held for okay. a chief Iranian nuclear scientist killed in a brazen a assassination. Mohsen Fakhrizadeh was killed Tehran on Friday. His mm-hmm. body was taken to a major Shia shrine. All right, we're going to let it play, and we're going to come back when the guy comes up because he's going to tell you how. I mean, this is just, this, this is a humanitarian. This man was out there curing cancer, maybe even. I doubt it. Fred's reported from Iran frequently oh, he sure in has. recent years. He joins us now live from Berlin. Wonderful. Fred. So President Rouhani has vowed to respond mm. at the right time. His oh, good. There. What might he mean by that? Such restraint. And what considerations would he be weighing up right now? Yes. Well, I think there's a lot of considerations right now, Rosemary, that the Iranians are weighing up. First of all, of course, there's a lot of anger uh, within Iran's power structure, but also, quite frankly, within the general population uh, at the assassination of Mohsen Fakhrizadeh, who, of course, was a very revered scientist uh, uh, in Iran. And essentially, a very revered scientist in Iran. Of course he was. He was the head of their nuclear program, by the way. This is a guy that was trying to get Iran a nuclear bomb to kill Jews. And so the Jews... Very well respected, sir. It's just so amazing. Here's the guy. He was the head of the program. All the respect. Now, of course, we can believe everything Iran says. Program's been done for 10, 15 years at this point, whatever it was. You know, they say they gave it up in 2004, and in 2007 it was confirmed, and no no big deal. No big deal. Then Obama gives them a billion dollars cash, and we're supposed to believe they just abandoned all efforts on the nuclear front. Anyway, now the Jews kill him, the guy who's trying to build a bomb to kill the Jews so the Jews kill him, and then, damn it, Jews? Like, that's the media's reaction, you know? <laughs> like, how dare you? Good for them. Good for them. Anyway, all right. So that was our uh, honorable mention for Voda of the week. But we've got a real one, too. I just have to get to the, uh, the proper sound here. here we go. I'm an ambitious officer. Uh-huh. Voda. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. The 100 Club? In the 100 Club this week is PolitiFact and Facebook. PolitiFact is funded by Facebook, by the way. And it is their political fact-checking wing, uh, self-described fact-checking website, according to the EpicTimes.com, recently issuing a correction after labeling a post by Candace Owens as false. She basically said the Democratic presidential nominee is not yet president-elect because the uh, Electoral College hasn't taken the vote yet. Thank you. Yes. They issued this correction saying PolitiFact originally labeled the video false in our capacity as a third-party fact. By the way, they're not third-party. They're funded by Facebook. It is literally in-house. It's unbelievable. Anyway. The spin never stops. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. Third-party fact-checker for Facebook, PolitiFact, said, On November 20th, an appeal to that decision was made on behalf of Ms. Owens. PolitiFact approved the appeal on November 20th, determined that a correction was appropriate, and removed the false rating. Biden has been declared the victor in the presidential election, and many news outlets have been referring to him as president-elect. In the video, Owens discussed how Biden isn't president-elect until the Electoral College decides who to vote for, and those votes are counted in a joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021. Joe Biden is literally and legally not the president-elect, so why is the media pretending he is, Owens wrote in an accompanying caption. 
Uh, and then they labeled it false, rated the assertion false, prompting a legal threat from Owens and her legal team. And now they've issued the correction. So I guess the voter is PolitiFact, Facebook, and anybody that believes the fact checkers on social media. Fair? I think if you're social media and you need fact checkers, you're already doing it wrong. Fair enough. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. I'll tell you, the reason everybody went to parlors is just becoming more and more evident the more stuff like that happens. I don't want fact checkers. I want to be able to laugh at crazy Uncle Joe when he shows up to Thanksgiving dinner and has all of his crazy conspiracies. And he's put them out there on the internet, you know. And then I can regurgitate it and just say, well, I read it on Facebook. And then people believe it. You see enough? Or you can regurgitate it to Facebook. Yes. Let all your friends read it. Be right back here on this podcast with it. That's what I would do. Yeah. Be an entire show prep done right then and there. Thanks, Uncle Joe. Yep. You're a scholar, a saint, and my personal hero. The Felt Recall Podcast can be found online, feltrecallshow.com. We appreciate you listening, telling a friend, bringing people on board with the family. If you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and a review. It helps us pop up higher when people search for good podcasts to listen to to kill time. And we see the numbers climbing. We appreciate your efforts in all of that. New episodes are available every Tuesday. Wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find us there. This is the Felt Recall Podcast. We will see you in seven more days.